Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode 109. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Dr. Michelle Deering, a licensed psychologist and mother-daughter relationship personal trainer. We're digging into the conversations we need to be having in order to empower our daughters. It is a great one, so don't miss it. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. I cannot believe how quickly these summer weeks are passing. It's already the middle of July, which means we only have just over a month left until my daughter heads back to school. It is flying. Like, I just can't believe it. But have I told you yet that I am excited you're here? Well, I am. And if this is your first time here, I hope you like what you hear and you come back for more. I have some really fun guest interviews lined up, so go ahead and subscribe to this show so that you get reminders of when they drop. You can do it right now from your phone on whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. And if you like this show, you can also take this opportunity to leave a rating and a review. Some of you have left some really nice reviews lately, and I just want to take a minute to read one from Cat Mama. And she says, I quote, I listen to many different podcasts, and this is one of my favorites because it helped me in my life and home. The host is not preachy at all and sounds more like a supportive friend who just happens to have a lot of wisdom on the topic of decluttering. I can tell that she's been there and understands the struggles I have had with decluttering, but her suggestions have really helped to motivate and inspire me. I respect that she's a parent too, and I enjoy the episodes pertaining to parenting, decluttering kid stuff, and involving our kids in household chores. I enjoy listening to this podcast with my headphones on while I take care of household chores and decluttering tasks. It passes the time and helps me take care of the tasks with ease. End quote. Well, Cat Mama, thank you for your kind words. I love knowing that this show is helpful and has inspired you into action. And now let's get back to today's guest episode. My friends, you are in for a treat today. This conversation was so much fun, and I hope you can hear the joy coming through your earbuds as you listen to us t- talk. So, do you ever come across people that you just instantly connect with? Well, it was like that for me and my guest, Dr. Michelle Deering. We just clicked and had so much fun chatting. I mean, I probably could have talked to her for ages. Maybe it's because I was super excited for this interview and Dr. Deering does not disappoint. As a mom to a daughter, I have some serious fears about raising a well-adjusted, self-confident woman. There are so many pressures on girls and women, and I just want to make sure that I'm doing my best to build my daughter up because there is enough out there that is going to try to pull her down. And so that is why I wanted to have Michelle on as a guest. Dr. Michelle Deering is a mother-daughter relationship personal trainer who believes that every mother and daughter should have a thriving, loving relationship. This refreshing approach has made her a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant. 
While Michelle is also a licensed psychologist in North Carolina and New Jersey and a nationally board-certified sports psychologist, she has served as a Fortune 500 corporate trainer, business school admissions officer, and a higher education professional. Nowadays, you'll find her speaking at conferences, training for her next Reebok Spartan sprint race, and practicing rudiments on her drum kit all while coaching, serving clients, and recording her hit podcast, Mother Daughter Connections. Well, it sounds like we're in good hands, folks. Give this episode a listen, and when you're done, head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 109 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Dr. Deering's website, her book, and a guide to lessen arguments with your daughter. That's right. She has a guide for that. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 109. And now let's get to our conversation. Hello, Dr. Deering. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Deanna. I'm, I'm totally stoked. I've like been looking forward to, to this I, and it, yeah, on so many levels. So yes, I'm really excited to be here. Oh, my pleasure. We were just chatting a little bit before I hit record <laughs> and I feel like Dr. Deering and I are long lost friends. I just feel like we've known each other forever. So I think you are in for eight treat today, like I said. So we are going to be talking about empowering our daughters, which is, I just, I can't wait. I cannot wait to jump into it, but I don't want to jump the gun too early. I would love for you to tell um, myself and our listeners about yourself and what led you to this life where you want to inspire and ignite mother and daughter relationships through intentional mothering. Well, um, I am a mother daughter relationship, personal trainer, where my whole focus is to actually educate, empower, and equip moms with tools and strategies. That's what I'm all about. It's like, how can we get in there and just give you exactly what you need for the situation that you're in so that you can have meaningful conversations with your daughters and connect better? And the way I got into that actually was um, I'm raised by a single mom who emigrated from Jamaica in the South Bronx. And you know, her whole bet was, okay, my daughters are going to be doing better than she was because she was a single mom. And we were like, as I said, in the South Bronx. And so her whole thing was just nitpicking about everything, just making sure, you know, anyone who's familiar with Jamaican households, we're all about P's and Q's, do everything proper, King's English, the whole bit. And so she's very critical. And the way I dealt with that was to excel and just throw myself into my academics and my athletics. I excelled at both of them, but we didn't really have a close relationship because she was always working and, and stressed out. And so um, fast forward, you know, I go, I get my doctorate, I get board certified as a sports psychologist. I'm in the midst of it, married. And then kids come in the <laughs> our twin daughters come in the midst of the whole thing. And my heart's intention was to have a better relationship with them than I had with my mom. And so for the early years, I was really intentional, right? And then, mm -hmm. you know, after licensure and getting postdoc and all that stuff, just got caught up in work and family and keeping everything going and kind of lost focus. And my wake up call was when one of our daughters expressed to me as a middle schooler that she didn't want to live anymore. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I need to kind of back up and slow my roll here because early on we had really like a, 
like this wonderful space where she would come in and talk to me and whatnot. And then all of a sudden that kind of stopped. And mm-hmm. in the process of my, it took about three years to regain her trust where I had to kind of look at myself and what I was doing and um, made the changes. And that whole thing led to me learning some principles that worked. Fast forward, I'll just stick a pin there. Fast forward, we have a great relationship now, had it through her high school years, you know, into her now young adult years. Um, but it was, it was slow and it was painful and it <laughs> was necessary. And when we moved from New Jersey, where we were from, to uh, North Carolina, where we are now, I started encountering a lot of younger moms who had daughters and sons. And I started noticing how they were treating their daughters differently, being somewhat on the critical side, kind of undercutting with these offhanded comments, not, you know, like for fun and jest, but they wouldn't see the impact that it was having on their daughters. And that pained me. And so I then said, okay, how can I help more moms? which is why I wrote my book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters, where I kind of walk folks through in a very conversational, hey, we're at Starbucks kind of chatting kind of way through some things that uh, have been helpful to moms since the book came out. And so that's what got me on this trajectory. And that's my passion because our daughters are the future mothers if they choose to be moms raising the next generation of sons and daughters and my whole thing is how can I help that next generation and it's one mom at a time so that's what I'm all about so powerful and oh my gosh how gut-wrenching but also how just wonderful that she came to you right Mm -hmm. I mean oh my gosh my it just tore my heart out hearing that just I cannot imagine what that would have felt like, but just how wonderful that you guys have worked through it and that you have taken it into something so positive and, um, wow, just congratulations (laughs) on that. And just thank you for the rest of us, because now we get to benefit, um, from your strength and just all all the stuff that you've done. It's just so amazing. So anyway, thank you very much for that. Um, I find it interesting. I want to just one second for something you said stuck out at me. Mm -hmm. It was how, mothers, you noticed how mothers were treating their sons and their daughters. Did they treat them the same? Did they still have those like cutting remarks, like that little jesting with their sons and their sons just take it differently? Or did you find that, you know, I feel like we, as women are so hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. already. And I think that's a big part of it. Yes. Do we, is, are we just projecting that now onto our daughters as well? Or were they similar? Sorry, I might be jumping the gun on this. Were they similar in how they were treating them? Cause I can see boys just a lot more, mm-hmm. um, with each other and they seem to be okay with that. And it's harder for women. So, right. Curious. Yeah, no, actually the arc of the relationship between a mom and a daughter is different than that between a mom and a son, just if you're looking at it from a psychological perspective and the mm-hmm. research that's out there, uh, to hit on the point that you're, you're asking me about, what I was noticing in the cul-de-sac was yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of times they would say these comments that would reference, say, the way in which their daughter was doing something or um, sort of like, I call it these projective pronouncements about what kind of young lady she's going to be mm. and, 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 and the way they were interacting with their sons is they were kind of just writing it off. Oh, he's just a boy kind of thing. As, and, and then what really caught my interest was how they would 
say in other arenas when their daughters were not around and were just socializing, talk about their relationship with their moms. <laughs> and I was sort of thinking, boy, they really don't see the connection here, do they? Okay, so, which is why, um, you know, kind of just fueled my wanting to at least bring this to the surface in, in the, whether it's the speaking or in the stuff that I've written in my book. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it really yeah. is different. All right. Yes. So let's <laughs> dive into it. Let's talk about daughter empowerment. This is one mm -hmm. of the things that you, um, that you excel at. And so what are some ways then that we can create stronger connections, um, with our daughters? Because I have a nine-year-old, mm -hmm. I'm terrified of the teenage years. Um, she is an absolute delight. I, love her. I feel like mm -hmm. we have a really good, um, relationship and connection. Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous based on how you started today, mm -hmm. um, with <laughs> the relationship, you know, with that, like that mm -hmm. could happen. Right. So how do we increase her confidence and her courage? Because I do notice that in her, she's very critical of herself too. And so now mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh no, what have I done? Mm -hmm. you, you know, and I hear <laughs> Um, well, first off, just so that you know, I'm not one of these that these folks that believe that the teen years have to be this, you know, torrential filled, you know, tumult filled kind of time. I think that's one of the big lies that's out there that uh, we as women, for different reasons, kind of gravitate and have bought because it undermines our the power that we have. Because hmm. if we're looking at something and already pronouncing it as a done deal that it's going to be this way, then you're automatically on the defensive. You know, your reptilian brain is just like kicked into gear. And it's yeah. sort of like, okay, now everything I'm going to interpret a certain way. And my whole thing is, whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyone who hangs around me long enough knows that I'm all about us pausing hmm. to consider our behavior, our body of behavior in the, in the moment. And so, um, it's going to be really important for us as moms to um, recognize that empower, empowerment, helping our daughters gain confidence. If you look at the word empower is all about do you can either bestow it. It's something that's external that's bestowed on someone or it's something that's internal that's taken. And so it's really about how is how we as moms can create an environment where we're doing four things. One we're hearing our daughter. Okay. And I don't know, just, just, I'm not talking about listening. I'm talking about hearing with your heart first. Okay. To hear her heart. Okay. It's that heart to heart connection. And the second thing that we need to make space for is actually cultivating her voice, uh, which starts with pausing to consider her behavior because our daughters speak to us, not our words first, you know, especially if they're young, they're speaking through their behavior. So we need to mm -hmm. pause to consider what's going on with her behavior. And then the third thing is really about creating an environment where we're establishing her boundaries by first having our own boundaries established. And I think that's where, uh, and the work that I do with moms, whether it's through groups, courses, or consulting, that's where I help moms kind of just help them make that shift to realize, okay, there are boundaries here that are not in place that need to be in place, both internally, physically, uh, and verbally. And then the fourth thing is, once those boundaries are established, respecting your daughter's no. Hmm. You'd be surprised, just little things like that we do unintentionally. Again, I'm not about blame mm -hmm. or um, pointing fingers. I'm all about folks gaining an understanding about what's going on. So mm -hmm. when we 
res respect her no, you know, things like, oh, Auntie Sue has come over and give Auntie Sue a hug. Well, if your daughter's not feeling it there to give her a hug, why are you going to go force her? That in right. essence sets up a pattern for her to know that her no is not respected or that her physical boundaries are not respected, which then can feed into things later on. So it's those four things, um, mm. you know, hearing her heart, her heart, cultivating her voice by pausing to consider what her behavior is, what's going on there, establishing um, boundaries by first you having boundaries and then respecting her no. Oh, so good. That respecting her no, absolutely. Right. Because yep. you can't undermine their decisions. I talk mm -hmm. about that a lot with like decluttering too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they're ready to get rid of something and you're not ready to get rid of it, well, then you take it. You make right. it your thing, not their thing, right. you know, because you can't, you can't make them or have them second guess themselves because that does set that doubt. And then they maybe, well, maybe I'm not right. Or maybe I shouldn't trust what I was feeling or that kind of stuff. So that one really resonates with me too. So mm -hmm. really good, whew, really four really good things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I can't wait to, you know, <laughs> hang out with my daughter this afternoon and yes. start like, okay, let's get into How's your day, honey. <laughs> and then be really quiet. Cause I'm, oh, yes. I'm not good at that part. That's, that's what I have to work on is the shutting my own mouth and listening. Yeah. Okay, so I got to start yes. with number one. Yes. For, there you go. Yeah. One number, one, number one. Number <laughs> one. Okay. <Yes. laughs> I'm right there with you. You know, I'm totally right there with you because it's taken me a while to exercise that muscle of just shutting my mouth after mm -hmm. I've opened it. And just, mm, bite mm. my own lips here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when we talk about cultivating the voice that mm -hmm. your daughter needs to succeed, mm -hmm. what does that mean? So is, do you mean voice like spoken voice? Because this is something I struggle with, with my daughter. She doesn't seem to want to verbally express herself. So I don't know that it necessarily is that, but I'm just curious, how do we help cultivate that voice? And what does that mean? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. 
I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Okay, so cultivating a voice is all about creating a space. And, and mm-hmm. the reason why I have the word cultivating on my, on my brain is because one of our, twi- we have twin daughters, and one of them is really into gardening. And I, and two years ago, she planted some morning glories for me in a pot. And I was sort of like, okay, I, I have a green thumb, but I don't know how I do it. And so this year, there was nothing coming up in the pot. So I got some seeds and I put them, I just plopped them what I thought would be in a nice order. But what happened was as they came up, they started choking each other. I didn't know. But when I showed her a picture, she said, mom, the seeds are planted too close together. So the roots are just crowding out and taking nutrients away from the other ones. So you got to cut some of them out. Maybe we'll get back to that in a little bit. (laughs) But, um, but in terms of cultivating that space, it's really about being, I say that mm-hmm. because there, when you think about um, creating, uh, uh, cultivating her voice, it's not about just scattering a bunch of seeds and telling her, oh, you're great at this, or you go girl, or um, you're so good at, it's not about that. It's about noticing her, acknowledging her verbally okay and then encouraging her to take ownership of whatever her actions are and then lastly trusting her and 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 if I can just spend a little bit of time on each of those please the noticing is really about and in this fast-paced life that we live as moms and we know it we're just jetting from one thing to the next but it's when was the last time like I asked in my Facebook group I was like when was the last time you actually looked at your daughter square in the eyes Hmm. you know or taking that moment to turn your full body in her direction when she enters a room those are the ways in which we can notice her and then the acknowledging her it's the verbal acknowledgement of her presence you know simple as not, hey, but hi there, or I'm really glad to see you, you know, just things like that. And then, and this is where the, it plays so much into her getting a sense of empowerment and, and confidence is when we encourage her to own her act, oh, take responsibility of her actions and not we're, we're having a conversation about ways to discipline and things of that nature. That's another conversation. But having finding ways to have her take ownership. So if you've asked her to do something and she hasn't done it, then you as a mom, having taken stock of what your overall goal is, how are you now going to hold her responsible for the, either the action or inaction? Because I believe that that plays into her being able to be present in herself with confidence when she knows, okay, the buck stops with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then trusting her, and this is where we moms can sometimes uh, kind of, I call it miss it, where, where we're like, yes, I trust my daughter. Yes, she'll do it. Oh, let me just pick up right behind her. Then where's the opportunity for her <laughs> to right. take ownership? So that's how we kind of create that space intentionally and see it sort of like this is my pot that I'm planting seed in very intentionally, not too close together, making sure that I have, you know, enough space around, 
whatever. And I'm giving her the room to do that. And, and, and developmentally, that's different for someone who's, you know, before she's, you know, in kindergarten, it's different for someone who's a tween. It's different for a teenager. It looks different for someone who's a young adult. So, but that's kind of the general gist of, yeah. of how you do that. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. And yes, it's right. It wasn't the verbal voice. I mean, it, it, it is that as well, but mm-hmm. it is just kind of her being. So yes. awesome. Okay. Yes. Yes. Very cool. On board. <laughs> and it, very helpful. You can, I'll sit here and listen to you all day. <laughs> um, we're chatting. We're chatting. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I could talk um, about this all day. So, cause you know, this is like really love it. And, and I think it's so important for us moms because no one tells you this stuff, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you come home from the hospital with a baby and it's like, good luck. <laughs> your instincts will kick in. You'll know what to do. And it's like, um, no, if I didn't grow up in a house that taught me how to do this, I don't know how to do it. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, I don't know. You have other people that say like, well, we're all screwed up from our childhood. So great. You know, <laughs> lovely. Um, how do we stand a chance? So this is how we stand a chance. So, right. Right. And you know, I want, can I just interject yeah, there for a please. moment? Cause, um, that 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 pains me on on a certain level because i certain i believe that we as moms are like our role as a mom is like the awesomest that's a word leadership position that we can we can have and that great leaders they know what they're good at they also know what they're not good at and they know where to get the help for the yeah. things that they want to shore up. Not that those things that we're not good at are deficiencies. They are things that we need to pause to consider the body of behavior that has brought that about. And when we do that, then we can make informed decisions. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm all about moms knowing, and yeah. I've, you know, I don't know if you've seen the movie Evan Almighty, but there's this one one scene where he goes, I've got the power. Yeah. So I just, I'm sort of like, moms, you have power. Don't, it saddens me when we abdicate it to these prevailing, I call them just prevailing lies that are out there about we as women and our capability. I love it. You're right. You're right. And I was going to go in there and say, like, I don't feel like my parents screwed up my childhood. So mom, dad, if you're listening to this, this isn't me projecting. She's lovely. She's lovely. that's not it. But you know, there are, there are people out there that, that say these, Mm -hmm. and maybe we should call it a big lie. You know, we're all screwed up from our childhoods. And I think, like I said, at the beginning, we're doing the best we can with the knowledge we have at the time. And right now, if you need to hear it, there is no shame in asking for help. There is no shame in researching and learning. We have so much at our fingertips these days Mm -hmm. that it's all here for us. And so I think that we, as moms, should band together and we're yes. all awesome. And, yeah. you know, we really do have a very important role in the world and in the life and, and being able to raise a human being is the greatest joy of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. it is gut wrenching and exhilarating and, you know, joyful and painful and all the emotions in the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it just, I feel like it has made me a much better human being, um, in seeing, you know, what she is capable of. And then it yes. just makes me realize like, oh, I'm capable of a lot more too. And so 
I think it's more about empowering not only our daughters, but ourselves. So yes. Okay. High, fi- high five through the screen. Woo! High five through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I so hear you. How are some ways we can um, know that it's quote unquote working? Like how can we, what should we look for to see that our daughter is being empowered and that she's feeling good? I guess to go back to, uh, you know, has her having power and um, you cultivating that space, the way in which uh, you can tell that she's doing well is if she can express her feelings uh, and, you know, if not in the moment shortly thereafter, uh, Mm -hmm. because at least what I found, especially when I was working at a, a Big Ten college counseling center, a lot of college students came in, they just didn't know how Mm -hmm. to deal (laughs) with things that they felt, let alone name their feelings. And so that's a, that's the first thing. Is she able to express her feelings? The second thing is, and this is in particularly, particularly important when you're, when you have like a a, a tween or before they enter their tween years is, does she know what she's good at? Mm -hmm. Okay. Does she, has she embraced what her abilities are? Um, And then then the last thing, and I've kind of alluded to this earlier, just her having the capacity and comfort level with saying no, mm-hmm. okay. regardless of whether or not someone's going to respect it, but that she and herself knows that it needs to be respected and can carry herself that way. Yeah, those are the three things to kind awesome. of look for. Is she able to do that? And so then on the flip side, I wanted to start with a positive. So when we're looking at the other side of that, what are things we need to look for in order to shore her up? Yeah, I call it again, and I've alluded to this. Uh, there's a language that we that she speaks, her voice, mm-hmm. through her body, through her physical body, through her behavior, and when I say through her beliefs, I'm talking about what she's saying about herself, other people, life situations. So let me just go to the body part. You know, if you notice that um, she is uh, slumped over or kind of just walking really slowly, or and if she's normally uh, uh, an active child and is doing that, or if she is normally a child who kind of is reticent, keeps to herself and whatnot, more on the melancholy side, and all of a sudden is just acting different than what she's accustomed to. That's something to attend to. Um, in terms of her behavior, you know, what is she doing? <laughs> what is mm-hmm. she into? You know, uh, you know, and again, this is not to pinpoint anything in particular, but sure. you know, if if one day she's you know miss ride on uh, ride a bicycle on the sidewalk, and next thing you know she's hey, I'm gonna do some X game ish kind of stuff and start living on the edge. Okay. Then you want to kind of attend to, okay, just inquire. So what is it about that that's all of a sudden interested you? then just engage her in a conversation about it. Um, And then in terms of her beliefs, and as you said, alluded to earlier, your daughter is like, you know, thinking or being very critical of herself and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. If I heard you correctly. Yeah. I have an example of that. Yes, please. please. So we were, she was in tennis lessons Mm -hmm. and first time taking tennis lessons. I didn't think we had put any pressure on her to be good at tennis. You know, I thought we were just Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, like, we're going to try this. We're going to try this out. We're going to see if you like it. One of your classmates is doing it. You know, you guys get along. So why don't we, it seems like something fun to do. And we 
watched her one time in class because the way the courts were set up, like we couldn't actually see her, okay. um, but we kind of snuck around to the back. And so we're mm-hmm. like now hanging out in the trees because <laughs> her grandmother was in town. And so we're like, well, I mean, we're going to just let's at least attempt to watch some of it. Right. And she was sitting there and she would be like, in a joking manner, be like, I'm terrible at this. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't want you to talk to yourself like that. Mm. Like, I understand being like, I'm learning this, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not good at this yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like words like that to me seem okay. But what should I do when she's doing something like that? Where she's just like, I'm terrible. Ha 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 ha. You know I mean? She didn't seem like down about like, oh gosh, I'm so bad at this. Like I'm, I'm just never going to do it. But Mm -hmm. that's a hard one for me. What do I do with that? First off, I'm kind of curious as to was it whose idea was it to for uh, the tennis thing? So we asked her if she wanted to do um, there was one of her friends was doing a soccer camp and one friend was doing a tennis camp or Mm -hmm. lessons. And so I said, well, like, do you want to try either of these? Like, which would you want to do? And she picked tennis. Okay, okay, okay. So she picked tennis. She picked Uh, it. Okay. So and is this the only environment in in which you've actually heard her use words like that? Um, so distinctly. Yes. I mean, she gets down on herself for sure at the house. Like if she's doing something and she just can't do it, she almost like gives up. Like she doesn't want to keep doing it. Uh Um, but where she's just like happy go lucky, like I'm just terrible. Ha ha ha. Like kind of in that way. So, I mean, this is kind of the first like real self-deprecation I've seen around peers like Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because I don't know the whole background uh, and stuff because there's so many questions I have (laughs) with regards to that Um, like uh, okay so she tends to be down that's something that's normal like something that you've seen so that is something that would be explored Mm -hmm. Um, but in general usually around the pre-tween years is when I actually did a blog on this and Okay, we'll link episode, to it. but but um, where this whole thing about comparison okay, kicks yeah. in, where you know they're they're starting, and it it starts a little bit earlier now because of social media, where that comparison thing comes in, and so what I would recommend uh, as her mom would be just to at another point in time, just you know, like you're all going to ice cream or something, just doing yeah. something very blasé. Um, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, uh, how do you feel about the tennis thing? Mm-hmm. Open-ended, you shut your mouth <laughs> and listen and hear what she has to say. And if she's like, oh, it's okay. Oh, well, you know, I noticed that uh, you seem hard on yourself and whatnot. And then just kind of follow the conversation that way. It's okay. again, not to jump on her. And right. say, why are you doing that? Da, 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 da. It's more trying to get into her world, creating a safe space for her okay. to inform you about what's going on inside of her. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. All right. I will. Please I will. <laughs> yeah. I'll find out. Um, thank you. And, and the thing is, she didn't seem like to totally hate tennis because then mm-hmm. as we're talking about summer camps and trying to figure out what to do and, you know, what camps to do, she 
I had suggested, like, would you want to do a tennis game? She's like, well, that'd be fine. You know, like she didn't seem like really against it. So yep. I was just really confused. So I will have, we'll have the conversation. We'll go out and, you know, over dessert or something. Just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to practice it by the way. I'm going to practice it before. So yes. all of you listening to this, that think <laughs> I'm just going to like roll it off and be like pro at it. I am going to go practice in the mirror, asking a question and shutting my mouth. Cause I am not good at that. Okay. That's that's Ooh. great. <laughs> okay. That's so awesome. I think it's fantastic. So w- what about, yeah, are, th- are there ways that you like one topic I get a lot. People ask me mm-hmm. all the time, like I'm super into decluttering. My kid's not into decluttering or in into decluttering. I think I said that wrong or like right. I'm into tennis. My kid's not into tennis. It could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. What do you, I mean, I get that our kids are not put on this earth to be mini us, right? Mm-hmm. They're not meant to be into the same things we are, but what if you are passionate about something and your child just doesn't seem to be, what are there ways we can kind of bridge those gaps? Like, what do you do? Do you just kind of, if you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the shameless mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the shameless mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Say like, okay, well, they're just never going to do this or what? Well, are you speaking specifically to decluttering? Let's talk or, about decluttering. Okay, because okay, let's they're, talk they're, about decluttering. Yes, let's, do let's talk about that. Um, I and again, I might sound like a broken record, but it's really about you as a mom pausing mm-hmm. to consider not just your body of behavior, but what is it about your daughter doing that with you. Mm. what's that all about? And you may or may not like the answer. (laughs) 
and 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 so you know that's kind of the the way I would answer that question because as you're right they're not meant to, to be mini use though there are many moms who would think that that is the case and it's not to say anything about that but that comes from somewhere mm -hmm. um and it, and unless we kind of get a hold of what that is, then you're going to unintentionally be doing things that might not help the ultimate goal or desire right. that you have. One of the funny things in our house is, you know, I'm a sports board certified sports psychologist. I was an athlete myself, you know, and my husband, you know, um, he was on his route to the way to the Olympics when, you know, he got injured. So, you know, for, so I'm, I'm, we're all like sports, right? Wow. So, now we have our daughters and so our in our house we're like okay well two requirements to be in the Deering household <laughs> you're here but we love you <laughs> you got you got you got you got to play an instrument of some sort and you have to do a sport a team sport because the research shows for young ladies team sports or any kind of athletic endeavor helps them in terms of a whole bunch of things i won't get into that right now but here i am and i'm sort of like having been a softball player really good and I said to one of our daughters, hey, you want to go throw a softball? She's like, sure, mommy. We go out, we throw the softball back and forth for about 10 minutes. And then she's like, are we done? <laughs> and then and then I was like, sure. In that moment, I had to pause to consider what was it that I was hoping to have happen mm -hmm. and come to terms with the fact and be honest with myself, and as I'm going to share with you, is I really just wanted one of our daughters to play softball because I really enjoyed the sport and I wanted to be able to go out there and cheer. And if right. you weren't going to do, if you weren't going to do softball, at least basketball, so that you could play for Pat Summit when she was alive, and you know, and I could go to Tennessee and da da da. da. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was all my thing. Yeah, but I was able to pause. And just let her find her thing and her thing ended up being music and mm. you know um she's in marching band and for all you marching band moms out there your son or daughter is out there working up a sweat and that's a sport <laughs> that is yeah. my contention to be out there on the field doing that and playing an instrument and then my other daughter is a dancer and mm. choreographer and so they found their thing and i'm a sobbing mom when I see them in their element, I just cry for joy because they <laughs> they found their thing. So, yeah, yeah. totally. Yep. And <laughs> I, I do think there is a little bit of a moment that maybe we can take for ourselves and grieve a little bit and be okay with that and understand mm -hmm. that that's part of the process and yes. you're not, well, at least I, you tell me if I'm wrong yeah. on this, cause yeah. I'm not the doctor. So you yeah. tell me if I'm okay <laughs> on this of just being like, it's okay that that dream had to die. And just to have that moment, like you did of just saying like, okay, this is what I really wanted to happen and it's not going to happen. And I can be sad about it for a hot minute, but then move past it and just say like, okay. And I think if we can think about it in those terms, like you just told us, I think that will make it a little bit easier to let go of some of those things and to listen more about what really makes them tick. And I, yes. yeah. Yes, and, and not to cut you off, but there's a, there's a, and, and quite frankly, uh, if you can allow yourself to go through that grieving process, I guarantee you on the other side of it, you're going to have this larger world hmm. to connect 
with your daughter in that mm. will bring you more joy if you just hang in there <laughs> with the process. Mm. I love that part. Okay. So there it is. There's the light at the other side of that tunnel. Yes. You guys, it is okay to let it go. It is better to let it go. And the life on the other side is much brighter and exciting. Yes. Well, Dr. Deering, I mean, this has been wonderful. <laughs> like I said, I could talk all day, um, but I know your time is precious. And so where can people find you? You have a book out. Let's talk about mm -hmm. that. Where can they find you and, um, and just connect? Yeah. Well, uh, folks can find me on my podcast, uh, mother daughter connections. It's on all platforms. Um, and they can also find me, uh, as part of my email community. I have, uh, PDF. If you download it, you'll become part of my uh, email community. It's actually a quick guide. And moms have found this really helpful, a quick guide uh, for less arguments, because mm -hmm. in that guide, I cover principles, three of them, that if you cover those, believe me, your encounters with your daughter will be less volatile uh, if you do them. Uh, oh. And so that's, it's, you can find that at bit.ly, bit dot Lee backslash less arguments. Okay, great. Uh, and, um, and then the, the, my book, what mothers never tell their daughters, you can find an it's audiobook. If you're the one who likes the pages and likes to feel them, it's in all of those formats as well as eBooks and things of that nature. So, uh, and, and I actually do the, the voice, the oh, stuff. So you actually read it. Fantastic. Yes. Well, you mm -hmm. have a lovely voice, so <laughs> I, it will be a lovely listen. Um, mm -hmm. so I will make sure that we link to all of those in the show notes so that everyone can grab them in case they are listening while they're out and about and don't have time to write that down. So just make sure you check out the show notes, guys. They will be there. Okay. And then I love to end end every interview with three rapid fire questions. So the first one is what does minimalism mean to you? Hmm. Um, when I hear that word, I think about knowing what your enough is and having the courage to live it fully, live fully with, with it and mm. in it. Uh, that's oh, what so I think. Good. Of. Knowing what your enough is. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I like yep. it. Number two, what is one of your favorite pieces of advice that you didn't get a chance to share today? I didn't get it. I was trying. To, if, if you forget anything today, if you can just remember, it's more like not a tip, but an encouragement. Your daughter was meant, you were meant to be your daughter's mom. Mm. And the times in which you feel like you've fallen short or made a mistake because we all do, we're all, the only thing we as moms do perfectly is we love our daughters imperfectly. But even in those imperfections, those are actual opportunities for you to make a new kind of connection with your daughter. So if you forget anything that we've talked about today and just can remember that your daughter is meant to have you hmm. as her mom. I love it. You brought tears to my eyes. So good. So good. Um, and Huh. Thomas, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Um, well, uh, as we were saying off air, I am um, celebrating my 30th anniversary with my BFF hubby. And so we'll be renewing our vows in a little bit. And uh, that's the first thing I'm really happy about. And um, the second thing is, you know, our daughters are going into their senior year of college and just seeing how they've just taken uh the reins of their life to then go out on their own and the things that they've worked for and, you know, been, you know, I just call it crushing it. 
it just it just it makes me really tickled oh, for them beautiful. I'm so happy for them yeah beautiful well congratulations on 30 years Thank and you. so lucky that you get to be with your best friend that's wonderful yeah. I love it um <laughs> yeah I call my husband my best friend too and I it's a oh. great feeling so yes I hope that yes. uh everyone can be so lucky so Awesome. Well, Dr. Deering, thank you so much for today. This was amazing and, um, really helpful and inspiring. And again, everyone, please make sure you check out her stuff because she is wonderful. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Was I right? Could you feel the joy? I know I got a little emotional there at the end, but I promise it was from a place of joy. I hope you enjoyed today's guest interview and found some helpful advice from Dr. Deering. I know I sure did. If you're up for it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share any takeaways you had from this episode. Sharing what you've learned will help cement the idea in your mind, and it might just be the thing that someone else needs to hear today. So let's build each other up and encourage each other on our journeys by sharing what we've learned. A special thank you to Dr. Deering for joining us on the show today and for sharing some great advice. Remember, she has a free quick guide to help you lessen arguments with your daughter that you can access in the show notes. Head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 109. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 109 to get the quick guide and find out more about Dr. Michelle Deering. And as always, thank you for joining me. If you made it this far, I would be thrilled if you left me a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews make my day and it helps me be able to book more guests on the show for you to discover and learn from. With that, I hope you have an absolutely fabulous day and I will see you back here next week for another guest uh, when I will be speaking to Jen Trepic about the topic of willpower. Oh my gosh, you guys, like I said, I'm so excited for these uh, guest interviews coming up this summer. They are amazing. And next one, it doesn't disappoint either. So make sure you come back here next week and check it out. All right, that's it for today. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.